Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope, and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. Right now we have a a video for you guys to watch about um, a recent trip that Branches took to Cambodia. When I got up here, but um, just looking at those pictures, um, I'm excited to be able to tell you about this really incredible trip we just took. And I just found out this morning I'm the one presenting this, so I made a couple little bullet points for myself. Um, but first, I want to tell you about the people on this trip. Um, starting with Russ and Janet, who you know, you just saw this amazing slideshow with beautiful weather and all these different stops that we made along the way, and. It was planned so flawlessly to a T from the airport. I literally had to show up and not think, just be there. Here's my ticket. I get on the plane. We just, the whole way through, we had no interruptions, no stops, and it was just meticulous. And I just thank you because I was nervous, you know, taking off and going out of my comfort zone, and you guys just made it an incredible experience all the way around. Um, But the other people on the trip... um, that you saw in the pictures, the other people that went to work there. It was more like being with a family. Like, we just grew so close. And I remember telling somebody, you know, we went with hearts full of love to give, and we poured out every single day, but it feels like we came home fuller than when we actually left. And that was just the coolest thing in the world. Um, So, also, um, the purpose of the trip. The purpose of the trip, we had a few different things we were doing. Um, You saw pictures of them working on the ceiling. So we put in a a drop ceiling. There was a team. We actually had, uh, Byron's a contractor, right? So we actually had someone on the team that um, was a finished carpenter and just led a team of people to put in a drop ceiling, which was beautiful. Um, There were teams of people painting the property, um, just making it look beautiful. And the list of stuff that they had for us, we actually finished in the first two days. So we were able to tackle, I can't tell you how many more projects, I mean, smelled lead paint all over the property, but it was just, it looked so gorgeous when we were done, and um, they were really excited at how much was done. And then um, I was able to be there and um, teach some pattern making to the girls, um, a lot of the girls that were there. And if I could sum that up in one phrase, it's that um, it was the most difficult and most amazing experience um, I've ever voluntarily jumped into in my life. Um, which leads me kind of to, like, the summation of the, the purpose of the trip really was complete surrender. I mean, everything from saying, yes, I'm going to go, and knowing I needed to raise the money to go and not knowing where it was coming from, to getting on the plane and trusting the people who led the trip that I was going to be okay, that, you know, you know, God willing, we were going to come home to our families. And then really to tackle an experience I'd never taught anything before, never... Um, I didn't speak the language. Um, I'll just tell you a little bit. The, I went in to teach the girls, and we found out because of the language barrier, it was going to take a little bit longer than we had anticipated. So the second day in the pattern room um, was me working with the sewing teacher for 10 hours, um, and we had, like, no communication. I mean, other than visuals, facial expressions, you know, we're doing these things, like this is what you do. We were able to grab a translator periodically, but... 10 hours of just trusting that God was going to lead our hands and just work with us, and he did. And it was incredible, and I've never been so tired in my whole life. It was, it was awesome. Um, 
So uh, by the end of the, the third day, we were able to take some of the girls through um, making some skirts, and it just it ended up being just an incredible experience. And I found out after the fact that they weren't sure, you know, the, the pattern class was going to, you know, pull off all the way, that, you know, some of the girls had lost some of their interest in sewing. But I was told that after, you know, the pattern class, they had this, like, renewed energy and excitement for it. And, you know, um, we were blessed with so many contributions to stock their you know, cabinets with tools and fabric and everything they need to just keep going. So that was a blessing. So it's something that's going to carry on and just really live there. And um, I feel blessed by that. Um, we just definitely want to thank Branches and then all the other churches that prayed for us when we were gone. The weather was beautiful. Um, it actually wasn't even as hot as it could have been. I'm, I'm told it was hot, but it was, we had cloud cover. We had some rain when we flew from Phnom Penh into, no, from Phnom Penh into Siem Reap. Siem Reap into Phnom Penh. We landed and walked off and it just started pouring buckets. Like our whole trip seemed to be like that. Like God just came in and just paved this way. So we just thank you so much for your support, your prayers, and just, um, yeah, we love you guys, so thanks for that. Okay, good morning. So uh, if you could, you're going to open up to two places in the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, uh, some of the boys or ladies, I actually don't know who's done it. There's one boy, no one. But someone's going to pass out Bibles so that you can find this. We're in Hebrews chapter 10, which is towards the end. Um, and it will also be in Matthew 25. So let me pray for us, because I'm speaking this morning, so you need prayer, because we don't know where this is going. Father, I ask that uh, you would, you would be the one that speaks, and that the messenger would not get in the way. We all ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so we are getting close to finishing our series on the good and beautiful community, which is another way to say the people of God. There's another way to say the body of Christ, which is another way to say the church, which is another way to say you, uh, me, us. We are one expression of the body of Christ, and we are part of the larger body of Christ. And we're going to be looking at that this morning. I want to recap where we were last week, because what we shared about was being an encouraging community, and do we really want to be a part of that? Because if we want to be a part of this good and beautiful community, to be a part is really risky, and it's, as we looked at last week, it's going to be painful. You shouldn't be surprised by that. If you're like, oh, I'm, my church, like, sometimes they just bug me. Oh, good, then it's a healthy church, because that's what's supposed to happen. Uh, let's look at what we looked at in Hebrews 10.24. We've heard this a lot, this passage before, but we went in deeper. Um, Hebrews 10.24 says, and let us consider... How we may, and some of your Bibles will say, encourage. Uh, that word means all of that. Spur. And we talked about spur. Like if you take those boots and they have the spurs on them and you hit the horse. Like who wants to go, you know what, let us just spur one another. Like that sounds not as good as encourage. But that's what it means. That word uh, in Greek also means to incite or to stir up. Or as we talked about with stimulate, like electricity. Like, like that will create healing in you. But it also doesn't feel real good. Uh, instigate. So it's telling us, as the people of God, that we need to be close enough with one another that we can do that to one another. But why? Towards love and good deeds. 
So what we talked about last week is, is that there's two parts of being part of the body of Christ. And we emphasize this a lot here at Branches. If you want to be a member of Branches, you don't pass a test. You don't go through a bunch of classes. It starts this way. You can't, it can't be handed to you. You have to grab it. And we also have to be the kind of community that invites people into it. You have to have relationships. That's the number one. And the number two that we're going to talk about this morning is responsibility. So last week we talked about the importance to be a member of the body of Christ, whether it be branches or another church. I don't care if there's another church that has a class and you pass the class and you go, I'm a member, but you have no relationships and no responsibility. You're, you're not really a member. You're just an audience. You're just, you're just there. Um, whoa, we're back to that. Hey, how you doing? By the way, we're going to get to this. One of your responsibilities is to actually text in. I didn't get one text. I know you text. In fact, you text during the sermons when I'm talking, and it's not even with my question. So I know you guys know how to use your phones. So we use this for a reason. So if you ever see it, you don't have to text. But no, we're serious about it. Like, we're actually looking to get input because we want you to participate. So we are, automatically, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to text. Probably don't hear that much. Expect to hear that at church. But let's go back to Hebrews 10, 24. I want to go to the next verse, which is verse 25. So it should be the next slide. There we are. So let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but the word here is parakaleo. Para, which means next to, and kaleo, which means to call. So it means to call next to. The word in your Bible, especially the one we handed out, should say encourage. What that means is, is it means to invite, to request, to urge strongly, to appeal to. So think of it this way. We gathering together, we need to keep meeting together and when we meet together, we need to invite, request, urge strongly, appeal to one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And as we talked about that, there's a hint there that connects back up, which means when that happens, there's going to be this little sense of pain and irritation. That word that we looked at earlier that means to stir up, the root is to pain or to irritate pretty heavy duty like you don't think of that oh good church i just want to feel good but no no because then you're not really being the church you're not really being the family of god because when you're a family as all of you know in your family there is some pain and irritation right but you're a family and there's something deeper underneath there and you just have to push through the pain and irritation that's there for a reason so for those of you who are like i'm not doing thanksgiving this year forget that well that doesn't mean you just walk away because there's some pain and irritation uh, but I want to get deeper into this, and I thought the best way to do this, I was at a home group. I want to invite up Chrissy Siraj, and as anyone I invite to come up, I send her an email so she could start walking up wherever she is. I sent her an email, and um, I said, hey, would you be willing to share what you shared at that branches dinner? Because their home group um, hosted it, and her response was this, dang, exclamation mark, yes, I'll do it. So she shared something that was amazing, uh, and it was honest. So what is the Branches Dinner, anyone that's part of Branches and um, the, the home group's host, and then we have people that are checking out Branches, and we invite them to come and learn who we are and where we're going. And the best way to do that is to see a home group. And we ask the home group, hey, you're not putting on a show, just be yourselves. And so if you don't know Chrissy, the girl is honest. So I'm going to let her be honest and share what she shared. 
And then uh, this will help explain what we mean by what I just shared from Hebrews 10, 25. Um, so, uh, our home group has been just started out with us um, running into some old friends at a park. And we started meeting for a year just with our these old friends of ours who started coming to our church. Jessica and John Verton, they're awesome. And then it started growing. And now we have all these like different kinds of people in our home group. And um, it's been so just so amazing to inter- just um, with everything that's going on in our home group. And it's just like an extended family. And um, even though we're all different and we sometimes and often irritate each other and our kids irritate each other and <laughs> like, <laughs> and so anyways, um, but we had a discussion one night um, about children's ministry because um, some, uh, we noticed some of our friends that aren't in our home group um, decided they, they, they wanted something else from children's ministry. So um, they actually left the church. And so we were really concerned about it. And, um, and Angie Tisdale, who's in our group, was going on and on about how she loved growing up in, um, in her church because they had such a wonderful um, youth ministry. And it was her family, and that's how she stayed strong and had this beautiful um, community growing up. And so we really want that for our kids. And so um, so basically, if you go to this church, um, it's, you're not, you can't just be a consumer for very long. You can't just sit back and ask, you know, what can it do for me? But um, eventually you'll be called out and have to... <laughs> have to use one of your gifts that you might be hiding from Boogie. And <laughs> so, um, but anyway, um, so my husband's going to be a lead teacher in the elementary, and he's awesome. He used to be a young life leader, and I'm going to get out my, my art skills. I used to be an art teacher, and so we're really excited about just having an extended family at our home group and at church for our kids just to be surrounded with a lot of people that love them and know them and care about them. Chrissy's so awesome. She, um, she goes, do you really want me to share that about the kids thing? She was really nervous about how to say that because she didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I said, no, fire that out there. She's like, really? And not because I wanted to really emphasize that as much as I wanted to emphasize when she said, look, we saw a need. And we go, okay, then I guess we have to fill the need. Um, Their kids aren't even up into elementary yet. They're going into the area where their kids aren't. And I really love the heart there because it doesn't bother me. I know this sounds weird. It doesn't bother us as a leadership team when people say, you know what? 
we came to branches hoping you were going to provide this for us. We expected a certain product, and we didn't get that product. So we're going to go and look for a better product for us. That's okay with us. What concerns me is if people would leave branches because they say, well, let me put it this way. I met someone at branches. Uh, She came up to me, and she goes, hey, I don't know if you remember me. I was like, duh, I baptized you like last month. Well, I didn't know. And she said... um, she said, I want you to know why we're here at Branches. She goes, we're really passionate. Like, I'm passionate about kids' stuff and, and my fiancé. And, and we're here because the church we were at, we tried to get involved with the children's ministry several times. I emailed. I called. I turned in the paperwork. And they never called me. I tried like seven times. And they never called me. And when she said this, I went, oh, you're in the right place. She said... <laughs> She said this, she said, you know what, if they're not going to let me serve at the church, what's the point? And I was like, yes. If someone were to leave Branches Community because they said, you know what, I really wanted to share these gifts, I wanted to be involved in some way, and they wouldn't let me, it was just like two or three people, then I would say, oh, we got to fix them. What we are committed to here is to be the body of Christ, to encourage us loving God, loving each other, and loving our neighbor. And the way that we intend to do that is to entrust the work of God to the people of God. There are not going to be three or four people here that do all the work because that's not what God has called us to. As we talked about last week, if you really want to know God, then know his people. And another way, also, if you want to see God move, then be part of his work. Because he's entrusted it to us. And if we keep that from you, we are keeping you from what God has called you to. Now, that doesn't mean you have to work in children's ministry. That's not the only way to serve the people of God. That doesn't even mean you only serve at branches. But you need to know that you have been entrusted with God's work. When we look at that word, invite, request, urge, strongly, appeal to one another, to invite. That's another way, that's that's another way to say to entrust. We need to entrust each other to this work, and we need to invite people into it, because we're trusting them with it. I met with um, a local pastor in the area, really well known, um, started a very, what the world would call a very successful church. And so I wanted to meet with him because he's farther down the road. He's, he's not a pastor anymore. And I met with him and I said, I just need your help because, you know, we're so many years into this. And we, you know, we planted Shoreline and then we went and we planted this church. But at the same time, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And you've done it for a while and now you're consulting with other churches. And he'd offered to meet with me before and I just never followed up with it. But I called him and I said, does that offer still stand? So we went together and um, sat down. And I shared with him where we were at. And I said, first off, I don't want to try to make our church big. I'm not trying to make it small either. I just want us to really be an authentic people of God. And I know that a lot of people want to meet with you to learn all the tricks to grow your church. I'm not asking those questions. I just want you to know that. So don't, don't think from that perspective because that's not my heart. And I don't want to spend much time talking about that. But what I want to know is how do we, I want to share with what's going on in our church and what should we do like what if you were in my position what would you do looking back since you're old uh, what would you do and he had some some ideas uh, I'll, I'll share two things he just threw out right away he said this he said 
He had a bunch of stuff, but he said, hearing everything you've shared, sounds like you need to have two services. And I was like, nodding? Oh, yeah. And in my head, I'm like, no, dumb idea. You know, he's here inviting, request, urging, strongly appealing for me to do this. And I'm like, yeah, no. But I didn't tell him that. And then he said, you know what? You're a church for people and go to church. But yet, if I were in your position, he goes, this is what I did in my church. He goes, I went when we were doing this, when we needed a tool to do this certain work and it wasn't there. I went to the people. I went to 10 people in our church and I said, you know what? Would you consider giving financially to this? And I'm going, hmm. But I didn't hide it. This time I went, nope, not doing that one. He goes, why? And I just kind of said, well, yeah, let's move on. And I just kind of wanted to get him moving. And then I left. And over the, past, the next few days, as I thought through it, I realized, you know what? I'm worried about causing pain and irritation. I'm worried about inviting, requesting, urging, strongly, and appealing. Instead of me realizing what we started this community of faith for in the first place, to call us to be the people of God. And I can't be afraid to encourage people to find their responsibility, to find their role. I mean, we've been saying this, right? I've been saying, hey, everyone needs to find their role and their responsibility. But then when he says, hey, I think you should maybe consider this, I'm like, no, I can't call people to a role and a responsibility. I realized I was afraid to pericaleo, to call people to responsibility. I realized I was afraid and I was being a sissy. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to go and find 10 of you, so don't wait, but I'm not going to be afraid to. We were talking about it, like, what should we do? Like, this work that we need to accomplish. What about this and this and this? How are we going to do that? Well, let's call the people to it. Let's invite, request, urge strongly. Let's appeal to them. So we're praying through how we should do that. But we're not going to shy away from that. There is a high expectation at branches. And what I mean by that is this is not a place to get comfortable. In fact, we have really nice chairs. They roll back and everything. They're cushioned. They pop out. We don't even use them. We just pull out these brick chairs for you guys because we don't want you to ever get comfortable. We don't really have those, just so you know, because some of you got really angry. What? You have those? Like at the fancy movie theaters? No, we don't have those. But this is who we're called to be because this is who Christ has called us to be. This is who we are. And if that's a shocker to you, this isn't going to be your community. I like the way she said, like, you're going to get called out. And that doesn't mean we're going to call you up and go, hey, where's that money? Hey, why aren't you serving over here? Hey, maybe you should go to Cambodia. No, really, you're supposed to go to Cambodia. We booked your flight for you. Now, where's the payment for that? No, we're not going to do that. Um, What's happening here is that you're entrusted. Open up to Matthew 25. And I'm going to tell you this... um, this parable. Uh, it's called the parable of the talents, but it's not about talents like you think of. It's not about abilities. It's about money. Now, we are not talking about money this morning. I hope you're understanding. I'm not afraid to talk about it. It is included. What we are talking about is your time and your talents and your treasure. Jesus was asked about his return, and so he gave several parables about his return. And one of them was about the bags of gold. So he said, let me try to explain it to you this way. It says it here in verse 14. Let's have it up here. He says, again, it will be like, what will be like? He said, his return. His return will be like this. He said, it'll be like a man. And this man is going on a journey. And in this parable, the man is God himself. 
He says, so this man's going on a journey, and he calls his servants, and he entrusts his wealth to them. And that word entrust, if you hear any word when you leave this morning, hear that word entrust, to be trusted with. He put them in charge of it. That, those bags of gold did not become theirs. They were entrusted with it. They never owned it. They were entrusted with it. So he gives one man five bags of gold, and he gives another man two bags of gold, and he gives another man one bag of gold. But he doesn't tell him anything. He doesn't tell him what to do with it. Now, what I want you to do with it, there's this stock. It's really going to take off. You, he doesn't say anything. He just entrusts it to them. It's his. He expects them to do what he would do, to work with this as, he would, as they would work for him because they were his servants. So he entrusts it to them, and then he goes away, and he comes back. This is the return. This is why he shared this parable, because he is coming back. And he's going to have this conversation. He sits down with us, us, and says, hey, I've entrusted this time and these talents and this treasure to you. They're mine. They're not yours. They're mine, and I've entrusted it to you. Let's talk about it. How did it go? And so one man had the five bags of gold, and he comes back, and, and he's made ten bags of gold. And the other man has taken the two, and he's multiplied it, and now he has four. And the other man said, you know what, I was, you kind of freaked me out. Like, I know you. You don't mess around. So I didn't want to lose it. He says, look, I put it someplace safe. Here it is. He's not very happy with that guy because it wasn't the fact that, he, oh, you better double it. You better produce. That wasn't the point. The point was is that he was entrusted with it. So don't just sit on it. Don't be lazy. Like, this is mine. Do something. But the man that came back with a five and the man that came back with two more, he was told this. Um, can you go to the next slide? Thanks. So the master replied to the one who had five and doubled it and the one who had two. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. So now I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Notice that he puts him in charge. That's another way to say they entrusted them. Look, I can trust you with this, so I'm going to give you more and entrust you with even more. That's pretty hardcore. Now, there are some other beliefs that are out there. People will, will teach this. They'll say it's called the uh, prosperity gospel. And this focuses around money. That says if you give, then God will bless you with even more. And the thinking is, great, then that's how I get rich. So we've seen it in these third world countries. In fact, in Cambodia, they have a sect of that where they'll have several churches that are really growing because they have so much poverty around there. And these churches are saying, look, if you serve God, he's going to make you rich. And they'll sometimes use this passage. Look, bags of gold doubled. What? And then that. But notice here that he says, look, it's still mine. And I'm entrusting you again to take care of my money. So it's entrusted to you, but it belongs to me. And it's for the purposes of what? Loving God, loving each other, and loving our neighbor. And we can so easily get distracted and confused and lost. When we talk about our time, talent, and treasure, I want you to be able to break that up. 
And as you think about that, and think of the many different ways that you could express that. I know that you're in the same situation as me. As soon as you hear that, you're thinking, I don't have any time. I'm out of time. And I have talents, but I'm already tapped out in using them. And do you know my finances? Like, I don't have a a nickel left over. And I hear that, but we need to understand we have to learn how to say no to the good so that we can say yes to the best because we have no space. We have no space with our time. We have no space with how we work and distribute our skills, and we have no space with our finances. That's not an excuse for us not loving God and loving each other and loving our neighbor when we see these needs approach. For example, just using Christy as an example, Christy and Max weren't like, you know, we got a lot of extra time. Do you need help anywhere? Like, I don't know what they said no to, but they had to say no to something. The people that, that came to set up this morning, they had to say no to something. Probably sleep, probably something else, probably surfing, I don't know. When, when Bryn made a decision to go to Cambodia and to teach these young girls a trade so that they could then, as they graduate from this orphanage, have a skill, she had to sacrifice a lot. You heard her kind of mention it, but no, she was realistically thinking, her and Stefan, they had to pray through, what if I don't come back? Like, they had to wrestle with all of that. They, they looked at their life. She, she has a job. She's a mom. She's a husband. She, she had to create that space. We as a people are maxed out. We are redlining to the point where this church is amazing at giving of our time and our talent and our treasures. But the reality is we are also maxed out. So when God presents something, whether it's across the street from you or at your work, and God wants you to be a part of something that he wants you to be a part of, you might be trapped in the good. And you need to start wrestling. January 1st is arriving. It's a perfect time where you have to start saying no to some really good things. Because you need some space. Because you need openings so that you can serve. So that you can take on responsibilities. Not responsibilities at branches. You need to take responsibilities that God wants to entrust with you. Because you have his time. You have his talents. You have his treasure. And here's the reality. You will enter into his happiness. There is no greater joy than to be a part of God's work. But yet, the main thing that I think keeps us away from it is just the stress of too much happening. So I had a friend, and I want to close with this. So many directions we could go. But I had a friend um, that came, and, and he shared this at my house. He said, I can't, he goes, I can't share this with other people. But I want to tell you this story, and then maybe you can preach on it sometime. Anytime someone says that, I'm like, I'm not doing that. Um, But I am. I want to show you a verse first, because I want to make sure you hear this. I want to make sure this doesn't get missed. Can you show the passage from 2 Corinthians? This man was not told to do this. He knew from within he was called. I don't know if anyone stood on a stage with a microphone and said this to him. But that's not a reason to do it. Even if they hold up the Bible and go like this. Like, you need to sit there before the Lord and he needs to move in you. And this was a verse that, that he lived out. It says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly 
So don't go, okay, I'll give you this time, I'll give you that talent, I'll give you that treasure. No, like you make the decision. It's your decision and not under compulsion. So if there's anyone, you need to do this. You need to do this. I had a friend that I just talked to last night from high school who was very involved in a cult, and they required him to do things. That's under compulsion. That's not of God. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, which means you made the decision. And so this man said, here's the deal. I don't want anybody to know who I am, but I want them to know what God does. This is what he said. He said he had this uh, heater air conditioning business, and he was from another country. So he's not from the United States. He's from another country. And he started this heating and air conditioning business, and it, it grew, and it was fairly successful. And he took this business, and he saw this need at a church. Right? It wasn't even his church, and it's a church that is big, old-school bi- building, like old, like centuries ago. So there's no air ducts. There's nothing. And he said, this church needs this. Like where his country is, it gets cold in the winter. I know you think it gets cold here. We're talking cold where it's like really cold, like there's snow. And so he said, no, this needs to happen. So he took $170,000 worth of his business time, supplies, everything, and put it in for this church that wasn't his church to put in all this heating and air conditioning. And he gave it of his own will because he knew that God was inclining him to do that. So he went and did this. And he said, people need to know this. He said, we ended up leaving that country, moved here to the United States. He's actually going back to that country in the summer. But he's been here for 10 years. He goes, we sold our business before we left. He says, we put $170,000 into that because, you know, he's good with his accounting. We sold our business for $1.7 million. He goes, I look back to decisions like that. And God gave me back 10 times as much. But it's still his. He entrusted me with that one7 Because he entrusted me with a little thing. Now he's entrusting me with much. It's not my $1.7 million. What does he want me to do with this? Because I showed myself faithful with that $170,000. And now he's entrusted me with $1.7. So this guy's going around doing more and more of this stuff. Like volunteering and serving and giving out free stuff. Because it's like, hey, it's not my stuff. This is what God does. He was giving me this free thing. I'm like, dude, you can't do that. Like, no, this is your business. He goes, you don't understand. It's not mine. So we're arguing. And that's when he shares this story. Because I didn't want to receive from him. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is how your livelihood is. You don't understand. It's not mine. God has entrusted me. And when he tells me to do it, I do it. So stop arguing. Because someone else is going to pay. Because it's God's stuff. And then I'll see where he wants it to go. I share this with you because I want us to know that as the people of God, whether you stay at branches or go to another church, you are entrusted. You are entrusted with ministry. You are entrusted with loving God, loving each other, and loving your neighbor. You will know God's goodness and his happiness when you choose to surrender instead of trying to gather it for yourself. It's beautiful. But especially if this is is your community, you will receive, but we're not making a promise for you to receive. We're making a promise that you'll be given opportunities to serve each other. And to love our neighbor. We might not always do it really well, but that's our commitment and our promise. Now, I wanted to make sure you didn't know this was a financial push, which is why we did the offering earlier. Um, but I want you to pray. You, we're, we're wrestling with going to two services. We're most likely going to do it March or April. Why? Because we feel that God has called us to do that because of some of the purposes that we want to meet. Um, 
financially, there's some things, some tools that we want to do for our community and for people here. And it's not there. And so we're going to ask people, say, is there anyone here that wants to take that responsibility? So don't be surprised. This will not be the church where you come in and you hear, hey, we've got this fundraising campaign. No, but we will entrust you to come to him and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? When it comes to children's ministry or high school ministry or junior high or the stuff we're doing in Lazana or La Casa, like, you're the most giving people I know. And that'll never stop for us to invite or to urge you to look at these potential opportunities. You might have to say no to something that's good that we offer before you because maybe you need to choose the best. Or maybe it's the opposite. I want to invite up the uh, worship team to lead us. So will you all please join me in prayer? And can we start standing? And if you need to sit down, please feel comfortable to do so. Let's pray. Father God, um, this is your church. It always was. And um, Lord, I ask that you would speak to your people and show them what you're entrusting them with. That you would help them to look at their schedules and their time. And give them the courage to make the tough decisions. To say no to some really good things. Say yes to the best things. Pray, Father, that with people's uh, um, skills and abilities that you have given them, the experiences that you have provided for them, that you would give them perspective and vision of how they can use that for the best. Um, Help them to say also no to the good, say yes to the best. And for these finances, Lord, we're one of the richest countries in the world. Father, we all feel tapped out. We feel bankrupt. Lord, show us. Show us how to create space. Show us how to say no to where some of your money is going and say yes to the things that matter to you. And make it clear to us, Lord, what is it that's important to you? Father, we surrender all to you. And whatever we haven't surrendered, Lord, we ask that you be patient with us and bring us to maturity in that. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.